Now accepting the Oscar for Ron Clayton. <laughs> Scott says he'll take it. You see that, Ron? I don't know. Let me give you a couple quick things uh, before we get started today. There's some things that are happening that are changing, and I want you to be aware of them, and they're, and they're good changes. Turn to your neighbor and say, these are all good. So here's what we're finding. You know, sometimes you, 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 you do life, and we figure this out, and we're, you, know, as you, you do what God tells you, and it works. Always, if God tells you something, it doesn't. And is there times when God doesn't change, but he says, now do this tactic. And because what you've done, you've wrote it out a long time, and then you're finding out there's not a lot of fruit coming from that. So, you know, if the horse is dead, you've got to dismount and find another ride. So you've got to figure that out. So uh, Pastor Kim and I, we've been praying for actually literally months. Lord, what do you want us to do? So we, we assess everything because this is God's church. So we want to make sure everything is successful. We're doing the most of what we can do, the best at what we can be, and do all those things. And we don't do it all, right? We're trying and we're working at it. So I appreciate your grace and, and your understanding. Uh, but what we've been finding is, is uh, like with GrowTrack, I, I actually teach GrowTrack Step 1, and I will still do that at this point. We're, we're moving GrowTrack, we're changing the name of GrowTrack starting in April. These are all changes coming effect in April to Connection, because that's what we want. We, we want people to connect. We want them to connect, and we're, instead of four weeks, it will be three. It'll go from the first week. And we're going to develop, actually, Ron and I are working together, and we were, we've talked about it, so we're going to be doing that in the future where we can have a short video of just the beginning of TLC, you know, some pics from the very beginning, meeting in the school, and, and uh, I don't even know if we have pics from meeting in our house. I don't know. I mean, we started with 17 people in our living room. So I, if we have pictures of that, well, you know, just a little history of the church. That's what happens in step one anyway. It's kind of a membership class if that's what you want to do. There's no pressure. But we just give you the history, how everything's handled, how, who our headship is, all of those kind of things. Then we're going to go right into discovery, which is growth track three. We're going we're gonna to get away from growth track two, that step, because we're going to explain all of that on our first Wednesday this Wednesday. I'm going to kind of go through a little of this with you on Wednesday, and it's open to anybody that wants to come, and then we're going to have some time. God's going to heal some people Wednesday. I'm just going to say, we're going to have some ministry time, and there's going to be, it's going to be a great time in Jesus. So anyway, then we're going to discover our, our gifts, our talents, just like we always do, and in step three, we're going to continue that, and then step four of Growth Track will actually move to step three. And so we'll have three steps. It'll be connect, discover, and serve. And then the fourth week will be our VIP week, which is our um, training with our leaders and all that. And then uh, it's just, that's one of the changes we're making. So let's say hi to our live stream campus. Let's do that. Welcome them. We live stream on Facebook in the near future. And hopefully by April, we're going to be moving that to the website. We're going to just live stream one service. Right now we live stream both, um, the 9 a.m. and the 10.30. We're going to go to 10.30 and just live stream that service. So if you're out there and you're watching on the 9 o'clock a.m. service, just know in April it's going to be just one live stream service, and, uh, which is fine. And then we're, we're glad to do that. We want to, to fine-tune and say, okay, God, how do we make this work? Here's the other change. Are you ready? I know I'm talking fast, but uh, here's the other change. Are you ready? Um, <laughs> We found out this. We found out that, you know, we have in, in step two, you know, one of the things that's been on my heart is discipleship. Because once people get saved and once you kind of find the family of God, how do you, I got to connect somewhere. But if you don't know anybody or how do you do it? And if we do, we did what we, for a while and they worked, free market small groups. You know, it's a free market. In other words, you know, hey, I, I want to do a small group on such and such. And we'd be like, okay, cool. 
But let's just face it, if you didn't want to do that small group, you're not connecting there. So we were like, how do we get, we have so many people that are loving church, but they're not connecting. So we're asking God, God, how do we do life together? How do we do family? I'm going to explain all that on Wednesday, but we're, we're offering, we're going to do three life groups instead of small groups, instead of the free market kind. Because frankly, every season that we've tried three seasons of small groups, it's like kicking a dead horse uphill. Would you do a small group if you want me to? I mean, so, you know, we're just doing everything we can to, to make this so it, it just works. Instead of saying, here's what we're doing, come to this group, let's come to the group, and, and then we'll say, look what God is doing. And as a group, many times we can say, let's study this, or let's, let's all go here and do this. So we're going to commit life together. It's not going to be in seasons. We're just going to have three groups that are going to start out. It's going to be the 20s and 30s, the 40s and 50s, and the 60s and over. And, and we'll, figure, I'll, we'll explain all that, let you know how that works. It's going to be easy. It's going to be great. There are going to be all kinds of things and, and how that will funnel into activities in the church. And uh, we've did our history. We've did our study. And plus we've got God's, this is what I want you to do. So it's going to, it's, all we're doing is tweaking what we're, we've been doing, but we're going to make it work more effectively. Okay? So anyway, that is up and coming. We went bowling with 180 Thursday night. Blew the place wide open. 32 students, man. I'm telling you, and, and somehow the delusion that Quentin thinks he beat me in bowling, I'm not sure how that, he used the rails, I did not, no, he did not use the rails, he actually did beat me, he's the, you know, the kids were awesome, we had a great time, An incredible community with those students, they just loved it, you don't want to miss Easter, I mean, right now begin to plan Easter, because the kids are doing, I'm just saying, the students are doing a drama and we've only had one week of practice, and it is already a tearjerker. It's going to be amazing. And we'll be packed out Easter. Lives will be changed forever. So anyway, God is good. All right, we're going to get to the message. It's 11 o'clock, and uh, so we are ready to go. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I want to talk to you this morning about not serving problems. And I want to, you know, this is something the Lord brought to me. And I want to share something that God showed me that I've read over and over again. And then I see it kind of in a new way. And I wanted to bring it to your attention because that's what he said. This is, I'm not the only one that is, this has probably happened to. So I think this is going to minister to you. But it's not as much how we live. It's the way we live. It, it is our mindset. How many know that we all think differently? You'll think maybe a little different than me. And, you know, I might say this glass is half full. You might say, yeah, it's half full. Somebody else might go, it's half empty. You ever give somebody some money and they're like, you know what, I wish you would have just given me a little more. And you want to go, huh? How about, have you ever given somebody something and they're like, no, this will never do. It must be new and crisp and brand, you know. No, still spends the same. You know, so I mean, sometimes our mindsets are, are different. And it's not as much how we live, we, we live how the way we think we are. How we live. And I, I'll explain. So we got a revelation from God. In other words, if we're understanding God, that is our perspective. I want to get God's viewpoint on things. Because I could keep doing something over and over again because we're in a, in a nation that really doesn't like change. There's a lot of times I don't like change. And now I'm getting to where sometimes I just change is refreshing. It is kind of new. It brings life. It brings How many appreciated seeing the, the beautiful hallway that was created over in the uh, Max area? Isn't that cool? Yeah, you can, thank, uh, you can thank some guys for that. You can thank Gary Bidwell, Tom Gleesman, and Rick Gatrell. They spent a long time getting that up because we're getting things ready for phases that are happening over that way. 
And so we're, we, you know, we're just wanting to do excellence. There's a welcome kiosk that's put out there now. That's, that's amazing. We're, getting, we're positioning like a chess piece. God, how do you want me to do this? How do you want me to, oh, just tell me where you want me to stand. Stand here, do this. That's okay because if God's behind it, success is bound to come. So he's going to help us with our mindset. And then our actions. Once our mind changes, our actions follow that. And then our habits follow our actions. And that helps create our destiny. Are you on the road where you've been serving something and you're not getting anywhere? Maybe we're serving the wrong thing or the wrong something. So I want to discuss that today. Isaiah 55, 7 says, Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought. Turn to your neighbor and say, thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God. He will forgive generously. If the problem is the biggest thing that you see, it's going to be hard for you to have victory because you can't see victory. All you see is problem. All you see is the mountain. All you see is the giant. It's like somebody, if you go to the movie theater and the lady sits in front of you and has a big hat on. I can't see. You know, I've married a wife that is more petite and small in stature. And somebody is like, yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, we go somewhere and sometimes, you know, for me, I'm, I'm an average height, like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, five, I don't know what I'm, around in that area. You know, for her, she's not that. She's 5. Is that right? Yes, five. And so, you know, sometimes I'm like, I see fine. And she'll be like, great, I got a melon head in front of me. I can't see anything. So then we'll switch seats or we'll have to do that. You know, sometimes the thing in front of you is all you can see. You want to see past it, but you just can't because that is the biggest thing in your life right now. You know, there are people and they just go from problem or, or uh, chaos to chaos, and every day you're crying out for a miracle. Do you know if we need a miracle every day, what if we just lived in divine wisdom and we wouldn't need that every day? There is a way to do that, but we, we're serving something that we don't need to be serving. I'm not, I know I'm not talking to myself, but... So we've all got issues. We've all had things that we face. And that, I don't care who you are. There's times that sometimes the problem seems to be excessive or seems to be like, I can't, I can't see anything past that. You know, I, I get it. So even though sometimes I'm standing against what, what I know I'm standing against, I've, I'm already declared I'm standing. But just because I'm saying it, now there's life is in your mouth. Faith comes by hearing, but how many knows if you don't believe anything you're saying, you're kind of like the cowardly lion. Ugh. <laughs> I do believe in spooks. I do, I do, I do. They, the monkeys still come. They still beat you up and take you away. <laughs> I don't need no monkeys coming to my house, you know? So I've got to say, all right, just because. So I want to stand strong. I want to stand in faith and say, okay, not just saying it, but dear God, help me to believe it. So if I'm standing against something and it doesn't seem to be diminishing, the problem is still there, what am I standing on? What am I using to fight this mountain or this giant? Why is there still such a struggle? Is it up to me to beat this? Well, part of that is yes. But the other part is yielding, and who are you submitting to? Who are you serving? I read this, 
and this jumped out. You ever read something and it's just like, it almost was like, oh, why didn't I see that before? Let me share it with you, okay? This is in Matthew 6, 24 and 25. Let's look at it. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one, love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Now, you know this scripture. The, another, your version may say mammon, which there's a spirit on money. And we're not here to talk about money. But God is saying you're going to love God or if you love something. You can't, you can't do both. So money is just a tool, by the way. The love of money. We, that's not what we're talking about. But this is, read this next. This is the New Living Translation. It says, this, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Now, your version, if you have New King James or King James, may, may say, take no thought. So I looked that up. I started looking at that. And I'm like, Jesus is now, this, he's telling me not to worry or take no thought. Whether you have enough food, drink, clothes to wear, whatever this thing is in front of you. Whatever this giant is. Because you know what? Giants yell loud. They intimidate. They try. They do whatever. They lie. They do whatever. And just remember, it's not the engine or it's not the whistle that pulls the train. It just makes noise. It's the engine. A giant will just yell like the whistle. Woo! You're going down. Woo! You ain't worth nothing. Woo! Boy, that'll sound good on tape. <laughs> but Jesus is saying, take no thought or do not worry. He said, you can't serve two masters. Then I started saying, that's it. Here is a puzzle piece. Here is a clue. Here is something that is why this thing, I face this every day or this, or if you've been looking at it, maybe this is what you've done, what I've done. What is sucking you dry? What is stressing you out as soon as your feet hit the floor because it's the problem? What is that problem? We serve our thoughts. We serve our thoughts. I got people all the time, you know, why don't you just meditate on the word? Pastor, I don't know how to meditate. Do you know how to worry? If you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. Because that's what it is. Thinking over and over again about something, just running it through your head. We serve our thoughts. Sometimes the giant in the mountain, I keep giving it life because this is the biggest thing in front of me. And that's all I'm serving, thinking about that. I need to take Isaiah 55, forsaking my thoughts by the word, and take God's thoughts. God, what do you say about this thing? What are you saying? What do you want me to think about? 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So if we want to get away from whatever is in front of us, whatever that mountain is, whatever is pounding at you whatever's stressing at you maybe it's you know maybe it's relationships maybe it's the job maybe it's the lack of something finances or whatever lack of peace or whatever face this thing but don't face it on your own quit facing it with your thoughts or the thoughts the enemy gives you and you have to Quit serving those thoughts, but say, God, I'm here to serve you. Joshua says, choose this day who you'll serve. As for me and my house, give me some leaders. I mean, give me people, man or woman, that'll stand up and say, this is what God wants me to think about. This is how he views this. I'm going to take his viewpoint. I'm not going to allow those thoughts to consume my life. 
Sometimes, well, I'll think differently when, when it changes. Well, good luck with that. You're going to be looking at that mountain for a long time. I would rather say, let's get that thing out of the way. Let me see past that. I, you know, that's like telling Kim, you can't have that booster seat in the movie. <laughs> I need a ride home. <laughs> she, she doesn't need a booster seat in the movie, really. <laughs> Just teasing. Matter of fact, you know, her prayer is, Lord, let me see something, you know, if it's of the enemy, miles before it ever gets to me. You know why? So I can take your viewpoint on it and I can stop that critter from ever getting close to me. You cannot wait until the circumstances change. There's no faith involved in that. Everything in the kingdom happens by faith. Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, we believe we receive when we pray. So it's not when it shows up. You're believing before it ever happens. You are seeing it happen before it actually happens in the natural. Everything in the kingdom happens by this faith principle. Everything. Sowing and reaping and believing. So your circumstances won't change until you begin to quit serving your circumstances and start serving God. God, give me your thoughts on this. Help me get my wrong thinking, my stinking thinking, if you would. On the right path. Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. I love this. But let God transform you into a new person by, listen, changing the way you think. Then you'll know his perfect will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Isn't that amazing? God, you can help change the way I think. What do you think? I'll just believe what you say. That's what I'll think. And that's where I'll stand. And that's where my belief system rises. That's what I'll declare out of my mouth. I will declare what you say. This is what you say. That's where I stand. If we would do that, Brett, is it easy? No. Because the enemy comes in like a flood. You're a loser. You're this. You're that. You'll never get out. You'll never have this. It'll never get better. It's always going to be this way. You're in depression. You're this. You're that. And God says, break out of that. That is lies from the enemy. And start receiving what I have for you. It's often, I've said it in the last several weeks, the small things that no one sees result in the big things that everybody wants. You start listening to the things that God wants you to do. Listen to the men and women of God. Get those podcasts. Put them in your brain and in your heart. Get them in your system. Start asking, God, what, what's your thought on this? What's this word say on this? And look that up and, and then say it out loud. Read it out loud. So I'm going to talk about our thoughts. That's what we're talking about. It's easy to think good when everything's great, isn't it? Huh? Man, it's nice when you got food in the fridge. Tank in the car is on full. It's no fun when the refrigerator's empty. Tank in the car is on. W for walk. There's nothing to eat. Now, sometimes there's food to eat, but, you know, if you all have teenagers, there's nothing to eat. How many know when, you're, when you get to where we are, we get creative? You start saying, oh, well, there's things. You know, that's how I, my mom... Ladies and gents, laughing looks at the news. Here we go. I, I grew up, and I haven't had this for a long time, but now I want it because now they're advertising this. Spam. How many remember spam? You know, that used to be like a poor man's meat, from what I understood, is what I thought. 
But now they're advertising it, you know, like whatever, what the S stands for, steak, I don't know, pork, and and mmm. We would just, we would have that. I remember going to school and the kids were like, oh, I, the one kid I grew up with, he, he seemed like he was always well-to-do. He always had hostess fruit pies and all the stuff. And we, I never got those. I got just crackers with peanut butter. Once in a while, she'd surprise me and give me crackers with mustard. <laughs> Not good to get crackers and mustard at the lunch table. Fifth grade, you can get beat up for that. But anyway... He was, you know, this particular gentleman was telling me, oh, we had this and this. And I said, I had spam. And they're like, oh, spam, spare parts and meat. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Check this out then. You know, really, I'm talking about thinking. If you want to think that, you can think whatever you want, I guess. But I went, met Kim, whole life changed. So I'm like, oh, she's awesome. And I go, and the first thing her mom fixes me, is uh, hamburgers, and but not just one. She gave me two big hamburgers. Charlotte, if you're watching, you're awesome. They were, and then remember when Pepsi was in glass bottles? Oh, you pop that, and that little smoky fizz had come up, <laughs> and the little beads of water from the cool, you know. And when you drank it, your body was going. That's what I like. I didn't get Pepsi growing up much. We got it a couple times a year when the Wizard of Oz was on. And my sister and I had to split one. We always had to split. And we got maybe one around Christmas time when Charlie Brown was on. And we, we had to split a pop. So when I met Kim and, and Charlotte gave me two burgers and, and fries and Pepsi. And I, I turned to Kim and I said, do, do I, who do I split this with? And Kim looked at me and she goes, well, you don't have to split that. And Charles said, hey, there's another one. Drink that one. There's plenty more in the refrigerator. I'm like, I am in heaven. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Then I met, you know, and then go on for, for Charlotte. Now, I'm giving you rest. I know it's getting close to lunchtime, and I got to get back this message. So I'm way off track. So anyway, I went over there, and I was over to their house about every day. For real. And it wasn't because of the food. I'm just saying. It wasn't because of the food. Her, her beauty drew me like a bug to light, man. I just, mm, I can't help it. Anyway, so, I, so I'm over there, and her mom made spam. Now, I hear you ready? I, I've never had it this way before, but we need to have this again. Bill, this will be, be awesome. It's not fish, but it's good. She fried the Spam up, and she put it on a real soft piece of buttered white bread and put the Spam on. You know, they're just a little square. Put that on there, and then covered them with baked beans and gave me a fork. Just, yeah, look at me. What? It sounds really like hillbilly, but Billy would eat it. I don't care if it's in a hill or flat plain. Billy's going to eat that. I ate that stuff, and it was like, oh, my word. My whole point in telling you all the story about spam is it just really depends on your viewpoint. You can take yourself of where you're at, and you can, maybe you didn't have steak. Maybe you had West Virginia round steak, which is bologna. Big whoop. You're on your way somewhere. And we need to start serving God and not the way that everybody else thinks that you think they're thinking. Or what you're thinking that they're thinking, you're thinking, or whatever. Quit serving your thoughts. 
I'll get it out. Our thoughts influence our words, influence our actions, our habits, and therefore it, it influences our destiny. Proverbs 23, 7, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you think you can't, you probably won't. If you think life's going to be bad, probably will. If you think you don't have anything to offer, you probably won't make a difference. But the other side of that coin is, if you think you can, you will. If you think life is going to be good, it probably will be. If you think that you can, you can provide answers and help in, the, in whatever the process is, then you're going to be a help. You're going to be an asset. You will make a difference. Your attitude is tied to your thoughts. Your attitude determines your altitude. Your life will always, listen to me, move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. That's just how it is. The Bible says this. It says, where your, where your treasure lies, your heart lies also. Isn't that what it says? It's quoted wrong all the time. It's quoted where your heart lies, your treasure lies also. Your heart always follows your treasure. You have to, if you're thinking, you know what, somebody, is, somebody else's junk is somebody else's treasure. When it comes to your life and how you handle yourself and how you think of yourself, you've got to get those things under the submission of God. Here's three things, and we're going to unpack them quickly. Here's number one. Remember, you're not alone. You have the word of God. That's God's thoughts on paper. You have the Holy Spirit to strengthen you. He'll give you the mind of Christ. In April, we start a series. I don't know how long it's going to last. We're going to talk about glowing in the dark. We're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to talk about those. We're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to talk about how all of that works and how we're going to play in that. And we're going to see God do some amazing things because we're going to peel the onion back a little bit. We want to see God you see, you get to choose what you dwell on. You get to choose what you think about. You get to choose what you give space in your brain. If you want to be stressed, then pick that and you'll be stressed. But if you believe that God is bigger than your mountain, he's bigger than your problem, what are you serving? How are you thinking? Brett, I'm waiting on God. No, he's waiting on you. He's already done everything he needs to do to help you have victory. 2 Corinthians 10.5, we are human. We don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning, to destroy false, false, argu- blah, blah, blah. false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts to teach them to obey Christ. So the weapons we're fighting, they're not worldly weapons, so natural weapons don't work. These things the enemy is throwing at you, you're going to have to fight them with spiritual weapons. If you want to keep taking a knife fight to a, or a knife to a gunfight, go ahead. It's not going to work too well. But I'm telling you, if you are lacking in this area or you've just been defeated, it's because you're serving the wrong thought. God, how do you see this? Can I tell you, he says, you're more than a conqueror. Can I tell you that he says it's his will that you be in health and prosper. He wants you and believes you and has put everything invested in you to succeed. God, if I put my hand to it and this is something you gave me, it will be blessed. He's saying our weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. Not just to knock them down, but to demolish them, to obliterate them. That's where we receive the reference of dynamite, to blow away, demolish uh, strongholds the greek word for stronghold is akamora and it means to uh, a prisoner locked up by deception the enemy 
thrives on deception. He tries to deceive you into getting you to believe the lie. Fear is false evidence appearing real. We used to say that, F-E-A-R. Fear is just faith the wrong way. It's just perverted. You don't have to be afraid. God is on my side. I do not fear. Psalm 118.6. You can declare, God, how do you think about this? He's gonna, the enemy's going to tell you all kinds of crap. He's going to tell you lies about your kids. He's going to tell you lies about yourself. He's going to try to make you feel depressed. He's going to try to isolate you. He's trying to get you alone. I grew up watching Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom with Marlon Perkins right before the wonderful world of Disney. Anybody in here do that? Marlon was wonderful, but poor Jim, Marlon's assistant, while I stay here, Jim goes down river to fight the cobra. Poor Jim was always fighting something. But it was just, you know, and, and when we'd watch that show, the enemy was always trying to get people by themselves, the elderly, the injured, the young, to get them away from the pack. Did you know, that's why the Bible says to keep yourselves together. There's strength in numbers. If one puts 1,000, if like two puts 10,000, come on, somebody. If we have people that will stand in faith and say, you know what? I'm with you on this. This is the wall we're going to form. Unlimited potential. Our second thought, you have to get around people full of faith. Get around people that are going to challenge you. If you're the smartest one in your circle, your circle's too big. Or too small. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get it out. <laughs> There's something wrong with him. <laughs> Glad you figured that out. <laughs> Not wrong in a bad way. I'm just excited. <clears throat> you got to get around people that are going to challenge you, people that are going to make you grow, that are going to help you. Get around people that are doing things that you want to do. You want to be in that. How did that happen? You know what? I make appointments to talk with people that are going places that I want to go so that I can learn from them. And this, and this is, I know this is just, this is what we do. I've done this before, and it's kind of stupid. You get in front of somebody that's going to try to teach you something, and you do all the talking. We have to learn to just be quiet and take notes. That's why we're there. Show me something I don't know. Let me grab something that I didn't see before. Do you know one word from God that breathed into someone else that he hooked you up with? You know, that's like they're going to teach you something could change everything. Somebody today is going to be, I've been serving the wrong thought. I've been looking at myself different. If I change the way I think, my friend, you change the way you live. Because that will go down the road. Get around people like that. If you want to go fast, this is a good saying, go by yourself. If you want to go far, go with others. You need each other. We need, that's why we're saying, Lord, if this isn't working, let's do some life together. Let's do community. Let's, let's figure this out. So if somebody is hurting, then we have more than just one pe person that's going to pray. We got people that are doing life together. How many know if you got little kids, you have things in common with other people that have little kids? Seniors that are 60 and over, they've seen some things. And sometimes they'll say stuff to us. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, I'd be 20. My dad would tell me he wasn't 60 then, but my dad would tell me something. And I'd be like, what's Superman got to worry about that for? I'll let you think on that one for a minute. 
But then you, 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 know, you grow older, you get wisdom, and you figure out, you know, maybe they knew something. So you get some wisdom from people. I would sit with my grandmother, and she would tell me things. This is what this used to do. This in our country, we used to do this. This was like this, and this was like that. And you start realizing, man, we've got a heritage. We've come far. But we've got to start looking. What is in front of us? What are we thinking? How do we get it away and God put what you want in our minds? It's good at times to make a quick decision. But it's best to make the right one, whether quick or not, isn't it? Help me make a good one, Lord. The Bible says there's wisdom in the counsel of many. Success is never a one-man job. You know, we had 32 students bowling. And somebody came up and said, PB, how did you do this? I'm like, I didn't do it. I had help. I got wonderful people that helped me. I got people that, you know, that are pouring into these kids' lives. It's not just me. It's us working together for a common cause. Iron sharpens iron. When find people that will celebrate good things with you. If you can't celebrate with someone, you know, have you ever prayed for something and then and and somebody else gets a breakthrough and you still don't have yours? You, our selfishness wants to go, why them and not me? Because now think about this. The thoughts come from the enemy. You see, you're not good enough. It's them. They're their favorite. They're this, they're that. And boom, boom, the enemy is throwing those darts. You got to quit serving those thoughts. I'm, just, I'm, I'm giving you some breakthrough advice here because if you start rejoicing, God, thank you for breaking through. Because guess what? When you can rejoice with someone, your breakthrough is coming. I know that sounds pretty cliche, but that's just the fact. If you can say, you know what, Father, you are the one that pours out. You're the one that does that. So, God, you, you're the one that puts people in office. You're the one that gives us wisdom. So, Father, I'm, I thank you for that. God, bless them abundantly. And if you can do that and seriously say, I am not serving any negative thought, your breakthrough is right around the corner. The Bible is very clear about just following God always brings blessing. Did you know that misery loves company? You've heard that. Birds of a feather flock together. A lot of us, we want to fly with eagles, but we surround ourselves with turkeys. There's nothing wrong with, I like a good turkey like anybody else. But there's got to be part of you that says, you know what, God, there's more. If you're getting up every day and there's nothing that's pulling you, nothing that's challenging you. You know, Kim and I are on a quest for some stuff in our own personal life that we're just saying together, this is what we're believing for. So it's, it's a challenge. And right now, sometimes, it, you know, there's those thoughts, oh, how's this going to do? And, da, 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 and all of these things. But you know what? we got to set our mind. Come on, somebody. Set your mind on what God says. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And we face that same direction together. Sometimes it's hard to identify with success. It's easier to identify with failure because we see that more often. Let's, let, me, let me rephrase that. I break that. We've seen that in the past more often. But today we're changing. We're going to identify with success because that's what we believe God has for us and that's what we want. We're not going to serve thoughts that are going to say otherwise. How you think, everybody. Say think. How you think about yourself and see yourself is what you walk out. If you don't see yourself as strong, as successful, even if God is telling you that, but you're just like, I, I just don't see it. You know, we've, we've 
talked to a lot of people over time, and I, I didn't. I heard a pastor saying this to somebody. I didn't hear him say it. This is the story the pastor gave. He went to a guy and said, "Hey, do you believe it's God's will to heal you?" And the guy said, "I can't see it. I can't see myself getting better." He said, "You need to see yourself getting better." I can't see it. So the pastor got a little nugget from the Lord, and he said, could you do this with me? He said, well, I'll try. He said, can you see yourself not getting worse? And the guy goes, yeah. He said, so tomorrow when I come back, let's just believe tomorrow you're not getting better, but you're not getting worse. And the guy goes, I can do that. So that's what the, now listen, that's the thought that he served. And the pastor went back the next day, and the guy goes, I'm not any worse. You know what he said? If I'm not any worse, I can see myself getting better. He said, then let's believe that. He said, I'll come back tomorrow. And so the process started. My friends, we are serving the wrong thoughts. They ask Thomas Edison, you know, <laughs> What he felt when he failed so many thousands of times or whatever it was when he tried to discover electricity, he said, I've simply learned what doesn't work. So he, now listen, he narrowed his success instead of saying, this glass is half empty. He just said, no, I'm going to figure this out. I just found out what doesn't work, so I don't have to do that one anymore. That doesn't work. Now I know there's some other things I can try that will work. Give me that kind of mindset. So sometimes if we don't see success, we don't celebrate with others. I'm telling you to hang out with people that are going to love you and believe with you, and you will believe with them, and you will together help each other. Because if not, we'll end up fighting other thoughts, jealousy, pettiness, comparing, judgmental, criticism. God doesn't, he's not behind those. Quit serving those. Proverbs 12, 26 in the New King James says, A righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. You know, when you have people that will celebrate with you, they become lifelong friends. When they are rejoicing because something good happened to you, even if it didn't happen to them and they were wanting the same thing, and they're still like, I'm happy for you. They become your lifelong friends. You realize they're not in that for what you can gain for them. They're in that because they care about you. And you start saying, God, I thank you for that. And God will bless you for that. I find out that others help me achieve success. Lessons I learn from others. Weakness can, can be strengthened by others. Do you know there's things that, you know, Kim and I, like the Bible says iron sharpens iron. Things when I'm down, she can be up or vice versa. Those things, we can help each other, lift each other up or, you know, this. She can always count on me for comedy relief, sometimes probably too much. <laughs> Again, like the, uh, the seat with the cinema, probably not a good thing, but, you know. But it's, you know, but it's part of who I am and my personality. She understands that, and sometimes I have to fix that. I get it. But there's things that sometimes that I, just, you know, I can just pour into her, and she will be like, I, you know, I needed that. Because you know why? Because God didn't put me in her life to not be part of a good part of her life, and vice versa. She's not there to cause me pain, but to cause me triumph. And God has put people in your life not to be stressors. And if they are, and you're like, you, dude, you don't even know. I live with turkeys. Well, you know, I can't, I can't change some of that. But you can change some relationships and get some eagles outside of that. And you can be the example that God wants you to be 
to those that maybe will help them say, you know what, I, I see that happen. I want to do what they're doing. Someone once said the worst part of success is trying to find someone who is happy for you. Celebrate little things with people. Make life good. Little things that don't seem to, I mean, maybe not to something else. One of the things I love about my wife is that when the kids were growing up, she would celebrate little victories that would seem small to others, but big to us and to them. We didn't know anybody else that was doing this, but I don't know where she got the idea. I don't know if she came up, but the kids loved it. So any t- when every one of our kids, when they lost their first tooth, she had a tooth party. And so on the wall, she would draw, draw a big face with a mouth wide open. And, and like pin the tail on the donkey, the kids had teeth, and they would, we'd spin them around, and they'd put the teeth in the mouth, and, and then she made a cake, and, and the kids, was, and so Mallory, of course, she's the oldest. So anytime, like, Zach lost his first tooth party, I spit when I talk. Look at that. <laughs> Sam, the same thing. Maddie, you know, she just did, you know, she just made that special. Because it, was it a big deal? To them it was. Can you celebrate with people little things? And, and, and let life have some, some goodness to it. Be a true friend. The Bible says they'll know we are Christians by our love. This next point, and I'm about to wrap this up, has to deal with faith. Faith will challenge you. Faith will have goals for you. Faith will not let you stay where you're at. You're going to have to grow. Faith, <laughs> faith is what you need, and you've been given a measure of faith. It's just you have to cultivate it. You have to work it. Praise God, number three, and thank him for your answer. It's not always easy to praise first. It's easier to praise once it's done. But what if you praise first? You know, we've been telling our, you know, the youth and the leaders, we've told them week after week, we're going to, this thing's going to grow, this thing's going to happen, things are going to start happening, these kids are going to start inviting kids, and they would just agree with me, and then we started seeing it walked out Thursday, and so I'd look at Sheila and look at John, and we were like, yes, and Scott, he's like, this is amazing, and we had some parents there, and they're, they're going, man, this is cool, this is so cool, our kids are loving this, and you know Why? It's because together we did something great that God put in. And so our thoughts that we served were for his glory. Get yourself in the Lord's presence. God, help me with my thoughts. Give me your thinking on this. If your problems are the biggest thing in your life, then that's why they're your problems. Jesus should be the biggest thing in your life. All things work together for good. doesn't say all things are good. The Bible says in everything gives thanks. It doesn't say for everything. It just says in it. Sometimes, don't you feel like I'm in it? I don't even see the good out of this, but if I just, Father, I thank you that you're going to turn all things. You're going to help me. It's going to turn out for my good in Jesus' name. I thank you for the victory. God, you're going to show me. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I'll know how to walk because you're going to show me. You will never leave me or forsake me. He'll do all of those things, but you begin to declare the good things of God. Start serving those thoughts. Father, I thank you that I am the head, not the tail. You have made me more than a conqueror. In him we live, we move, and have our being. Father, I give you praise for that. Begin to declare God in your life. Turn your attention to the promise, not the problem. The answer, not the question. The life giver, 
not the life destroyer. It is the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. In God, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. He's constant. He never dims. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. There's no shadow of turning. He is the rock. There's a gentleman by the last name of Larson. He said he surrounded himself by friends that said, you'll never make amount to anything. You'll never do any good. He said so he made up his mind he was going to change that. So he got new friends. I mean, you can still love people. You can still love them for God. But what I'm telling you is, sometimes if you, if you get around something that just continually sucks you dry, then you have to decide what you're going to think about. Change the atmosphere a little bit. You might have to change the environment. Whatever that is, ask God. Make the choice. Quit serving the negativity. Start serving the Lord Jesus and the thoughts that he will help you with. And you will see success. You'll see your breakthrough. Let's pray.